Okay, we're on. You want to set our five-minute timer? Do you have one? Yeah. yeah sit me a, sit me a five-minute timer. We'll officially start in five minutes. So we have a little bit of time just to shoot the breeze, and then we can timer, timer. Keep, keep it to an hour. Timer, timer. Five minutes, go. I might have to hide. Oh, now it won't light at all. The light is a sacred time. I brought the torch in case we need it. Oh, you're good. How did you get out of the van? You're like... I think lighting a cigar was kind of like brewing tea. It's one of the things you just can't rush. Nice little bit of spice right at the beginning. <clears throat> well, how was your week? So far, so good. Today's my big day. We've got, uh, as soon as we're done here, you'll see I was rolling smoke this morning, driving the diesel. We uh, have to go get the feed, the broiler feed from Drakesville down south for our pastured chickens and then you get it all at once I will get it all at once yeah about 3,000 pounds and then uh, t-ball practice and then baccalaureate so it's a very multi faceted day good to get your cigar in early mm -hmm. um, do we buy do we buy any extra you got any bags on there for us I can get some what do you need how much do you need I don't know. I should talk to my wife. <clears throat> it's, I think it's the same stuff we buy in it. I don't know. No, you'll get the layer. They make a layer match. Mm. Let me know how many you need. I can get it for you. All right. I'll, uh, I'll text my wife when we're done here. And... Uh, but other than that, the week's been pretty smooth. I had an office day all day yesterday, which makes me a little bit crazy usually. But, <laughs> but uh, it wasn't too bad. Thought of some neat ideas for the summer for the church, and, and had an elders meeting last night and sort of put some of that into motion. We had uh, let's see, Monday was a, a scramble. I was running. Dad had some trouble with the semi truck, so I was over there a little bit the morning working on that, and then afternoon I oh I went to Bryson Christie's for a little while and helped him with the floor, and then I mowed my yard. That was Monday. <clears throat> So, I don't know. I've been all over. How about you? Well, I'm kind of in that area where I have to tell myself I can relax. Mm -hmm. Like, sometimes I need to relax and I have to say, nope, you got to keep going. But this is one of those where I actually have to say, you don't need to keep going. You're actually right about where you need to be. <laughs> There's some things I, I need to do today. It's kind of, and actually, I'm probably going to do one of my not crucial items because I can. Yeah. And then kind of just not pace myself too fast today. Just get what I need done. Mm -hmm. Morning. It's starting out slow. I usually like to start out faster and then slow down at the end of the day. But everything, all of my easy things are at the beginning of the day <laughs> today. Mine too. So. Yeah. And and, that, and that's all right. You just gotta you just gotta be responsible when you <laughs> when you start at yeah. at noon. <laughs> you know. So. Yeah. I think of the guys that. Start on the farm at, you know, at four thirty, five o'clock, and I'm showing up at seven thirty, and they had their days half done. You know, <laughs> that's what I think of. So, yeah. But I got a, a couple steps that are a little wonky. I'm going to replace on the property. I got to go down and just clean up an electrical panel, which is just make it look nice. It's actually an, an okay panel. I might redo it someday, but uh, make sure that it's all looks decent and then this weekend planning on going camping there's a church camp out um yeah, be fun and george's daughter's coming up one more time and he's got a dumpster that we could that i could drive my jeep into <laughs> nice fact, maybe two of my jeeps it might not quite fit got lengthwise six, 60 or 40 or whatever it is. What's, what's got 20 i think it's a it's 20, 20 yard okay. but it would just it would just about hold yeah. two jeeps that's good that hopefully will be 
good for you. Well, it's walk-in, too. They don't actually have to throw it over the side. Did you open it for them? It, it's it's left open. Okay. It's le- the guy left it open. So That's that good. Adam guy seems like he like knows Adam. what he's doing. Yeah. We just actually just last week subscribed to his, to garbage service from him at our house. So we've got it. That's gonna really help. Well, that's five minutes. That's five minutes. It's time to officially time to start open the show. All right. You want to say anything? Or you want me to do it? Okay. Welcome to Doug and Joe Talk. The um, Least produced, least listened to podcast in America? So far. So far. Yeah. <laughs> well, we can't be... I mean, we probably tie for the least listened to. Oh, yeah, we're probably yeah. the most least produced. Yeah. Um, and today we're out of our element a little bit. It was just too nice. On the contrary, my brother. <laughs> we are in our element. In our way. element, maybe that's... You're right. Okay, so instead of being in my garage, which is kind of standard, we are... At the park, at Edmondson Park in Oskaloosa. Beautiful day. Um, probably going to be too warm. Whatever, you know, depending on your context, by a little bit later. But right now it's great to just sit on the park bench and mm-hmm. talk about things that matter. So that's what we're here to do. Yeah. And I guess we need to say, since we've already lit up, we need to say we have the Camacho Criollo in our hands today. This is the finale. Is it, it not? It is. Uh, that's what I'm hoping, you know. So uh, I've had really good success with Criollo wrappers. A lot of Criollos that I've tried I've really liked. So we saved it to the end, hoping that it would be the best of the batch. We do need to backtrack just a little bit. We do. Because we've we've had three others in the Camacho series since we last uh, recorded a podcast. So first was, I think, was my favorite of the three, the Ecuador I think we recorded that one, but I'm not did sure. We re- yeah, I think we did record the Ecuador. Okay, so we've got that one maybe in the can. But uh, the triple Maduro, we did not record. That. Right. Uh, you have comments about that cigar? The triple Maduro was... The, the short story is it had a lot of what I really liked in a cigar, but the profile wasn't quite sweet enough for me. It was just deep, earthy, and oily, yeah. and maybe even had some of the baking spices in a dull way but not it didn't have the sweetness that i just i was begging for more sweetness i i agree with you but i all in all it was a fantastic smoke for me it was pleasant like you said the oily it it was just nice and mild but i and i wonder if i wouldn't have loved it if it hadn't come right on the heels of the ecuador because the ecuador was just fantastic but um so yeah ecuador amazing uh triple maduro probably almost equally amazing then last week, we we sat down, and I was beat tired. I realized, I told my wife after I got home from seeing you, Doug, is that I crashed while I was with Doug. <laughs> I'd, been to, I'd been burning the candle at both ends for days and days. So, yeah, I, I apologize for that. I was probably seemed a little out of my mind. But anyway, we sat and had a, had a talk and a cigar with the, with the uh, I, I'm not going to pronounce it right because I'm going to say Criollo. Corojo. Corojo, yeah. And that was kind of a... I don't want to be the one. It was a, I was a letdown for me a little bit. It was bit. a letdown for me, too. Um, I, I, you know, I wasn't necessarily expecting anything, So, but we, we had such two great yeah, cigars the, the, the weeks before. It was like, whoa, this is it's a letdown. And sometimes that, that affects it, but I don't, I don't think I would buy that one again. Yeah. The Ecuador, I've yeah. already put five in one of my carts, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's an amazing cigar. Um, so, uh, in fact, let's, let's just unofficially make Atlantic Cigars our unofficial sponsor. There you go. This week, because um, that's the cart that has the, the five Ecuador, um, Ecuador cigars by Camacho. But the reason I went to Atlantic Cigar, which would be interesting perhaps to our listeners, they had a large selection, had have a large selection of Lanceros. And most places that I've looked at online don't have a lot of them, but Atlantic Cigar seems to have a buttload of Lanceros, and so I, like, started searching around, like, oh, I like that cigar, I like that cigar, I like that, like, all these five packs of Lanceros, I'm thinking, I just got to stash back a little bit of money and and, uh, get some of those. Um, Lanceros, I'm I'm sure if you're listening and we're talking about cigars, you probably know that, but they're the long... They've Googled it by now. Yeah, by now they have. (laughs) The long, skinny ones. Um, Lance... You know, a lance, so kind of that's the point. So I'm a little bit more of a novice, Doug, compared to a, a Churchill. How is a Lancero size-wise, shape-wise? 
um, without Googling all the official measurements, it would be pretty close to the same length. And, and it's, they're also not real tightly defined. The length would be about the same, maybe a smidge longer, but, a, but pretty close to the same, but much skinnier. Mm -hmm. um, probably about the size, depending on how much of a hardworking guy you are, the size of your pinky. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think your pinky is a little bigger than mine, but, you know, about the size of your pinky. So uh, smaller than a Corona. Um, Lancero's and there's another one, Pantella. I actually can't remember the difference. They're both pretty skinny, but they're not a cigarillo, so they're not that tiny, not like a pencil, mm -hmm. you know. So very big. That so one. do you have any comments about this Corojo? Criollo. Criollo. Good job. Man, I didn't want to interrupt. No, <laughs> I let you get it. Criollo. It it is it doesn't roll off your tongue no, super easy, especially when you're talking about the two. Corojo yeah. and Criollo. Yeah. Just done it. Um, it's a nice start. Um, it's, it, it seems a little dry, um, a little bit of spice and not a big fan of spice, but this is okay. It's, it's, it's nice. Um, a hint of sweet. That's, that's all so far. I, I also have the hint of sweet. It was a really mild light for me. I did not get the spice that I'm used to. Uh, but, um, you know, okay. So this is a little bit maybe indicative of how I think, but. Criollo, I when I when I am smoking this cigar, it tastes yellow. Interesting. Like a, I know I'm being sort of ethere, ethereal or, or obtuse maybe, but yeah, it's festive. It tastes Ooh. yellow. It tastes yellow. That's but yeah, I'd agree it is dry though. Yeah, I would like a little bit oil, more oil maybe. For my personal. And we're not we're not too far into it. We're not an inch down yet. Um, we started when we started the recording, but we're... Mm -hmm. Nice light. The pre-draw was, was pleasant and, and kind of sweet. Um, so The sweet is really subtle to me. It's not. It's hardly there, but it is. It is. I'm surprised that it's not as oily as the other Criollos that I've had, just in general. But again, that could be a lot to do... Maybe that has to do with the filler or something. I'm, I'm noticing on mine... Uh, I can't show the listeners, but there's some some what I would call like nodules on the leaf on the wrapper leaf. Do you see that? I don't know if that means something or or is something. There's little bumps. Um, I believe now this is this is where I get a little bit out of my element. But let me. I'm ninety percent, so I'll so I'll talk. If I get below seventy, I'll shut up. <laughs> I'm sure one of our believe, fine listeners will correct us in the comment section below. That's right. I believe that's called tooth. So sometimes they're super smooth wrapper, and sometimes they have tooth. And so the, the bumps on the wrapper leaf would be called tooth. Okay. That's interesting. Generally, when I've heard of tooth referred to in, this, in the context of a leaf, it's been on the edges of, of a leaf. Huh. But, I, I mean, a tobacco leaf doesn't have ragged edges, so yeah. Yeah. And uh, but yes, you and you'll notice a difference in the smoothness of different types of wrappers, and not to be confused with the fact sometimes. Apologize. Oh, sometimes there's just bumps from the filler. Like you know, you'll see a couple bumps in here that are just from the filler. Oh yeah, yeah. Trying to trying to poke through a mm -hmm. little bit. But um, but yeah. Oh, anyway. So what's on the front of your brain today, Doug? You know, I had a pretty relaxing last night. I told myself when I got off work, because I'm not rushed, I was going to meet my buddy Spencer right before we mm -hmm. met at 9 and then meet you at 10. And it's like, I'm going to get the oil changed as soon as they open. I'm going to deposit my check. While I'm waiting for the oil, I'm going to plan my day. So it's like, I've just had this really relaxing night and morning. I didn't do anything nice. last night. So I'm like, nothing's pressing. I, I guess it's been cool to learn some stuff about... You know, Israel, Gaza Strip, all that mm -hmm. stuff recently on some podcasts, but yeah. none of it's... None, none of, of it. Man, I get I get so sick of it. And I almost, you know, I was thinking about, uh, last night I was thinking about our meeting today, and I, I'm getting a little bit tired of the, the news cycle. It seems like it's just this relentless, relentless, like, it's almost like high school. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like you've got the different cliques and they're just going at each other like crazy. And I, I mean, I don't know about 
others, but I get tired of it. You know, with the Israel thing, I guess from where I stand, and I'm not the most educated person on the whole um, <coughs> Middle East, but I'm not the least either. I mean, being a student of the Bible and the Judeo-Christian story. So, I mean, it makes sense to me that that their capital is Jerusalem. kind of always has been, as far as I, I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that I know, well, I know for a fact that I've seen some misinformation in the news because I just saw this morning, uh, I think it was a tweet by Paul Joseph Watson, so like him or hate him, it was a clip from Arab television and they were showing uh, a bunch of bodies lined up that Israel had supposedly, of, of quote-unquote protesters, yeah. that Israel had supposedly slaughtered and the people underneath the body bags are like scratching their noses and moving, they're not even dead. Oh, jeez. And it, you know, that's kind of a... <laughs> A black eye to the whole thing. <laughs> now I'm not saying some gnarly stuff didn't go down. I'm, you know, I'm not saying that at all. But from all I hear, it, I can pretty much, in from my perspective and from just the way I understand things, I'm not surprised at all that their so-called protests were violent. I am. And what are you supposed to do? Just let somebody throw fire bombs at you? No, you fight back. So, I mean, I, they've been at war for so long. It's, I, I guess, am I the only one that's not surprised by? That there was a clash. I I don't know. I I guess I'm some of the some of the news I get is is from someone that would would say they're biased. He's he's a, he's a Jewish guy, and and so I'm, I try to listen to some other things, get some a little balanced perspective from some other places other than other than him. But it does seem like in general, the Jews want to be left alone, and the Arabs want to kill the Jews. <laughs> that's real. That's a that's a little bit of a gross, mi- mi- you know, minimalization of it. Sure. But that's that kind of seems to be accurate. That doesn't seem to be a biased thing. But you can't get it, it's it's too bad today that it's difficult to get news that's unbiased. First of all, it'd be horribly difficult to be unbiased. Oh sure. I mean, I'd give them that right up front. It's a pretty hard line. <clears throat> yeah. Over there. So. Yeah. So, uh, you know. Uh, but you, you, you got to find somebody to trust, whether that's news or whether that's daily life, you know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so whether that's yeah. going to church. <laughs> yeah. I just think it's really, really super ridiculous. It's like, I, can you say this anymore, the pot calling the kettle black? <laughs> I don't know if you can even, if you're allowed know. to say might, that anymore. Might be racist. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. know. <laughs> but like, for, for I, I saw somebody post, and it's a friend, a, a person I know, I, I think they're still a friend, posted something on social media yesterday, which was an article about the, the, the uh, Israel's genocide against Palestinians. And I thought, whoa, wait, wait a second. Which one is openly declaring that they want to kill all of yeah. a certain ethnicity? <clears throat> and, I mean, it's... That's like the declared objective of Hamas, is to kill all Jews. Anyway, enough of that. Probably that's enough of that, isn't it? Maybe. I, I don't think I'm smart enough to talk any more about it. I mean, I, I like that I kind of tried to filter it down to something basic. Um, well, I was thinking about something, and, and uh, this morning on the way over here, I was thinking this might be a good thing for us to talk about. And I don't know, if it doesn't go anywhere, it doesn't go anywhere, but that's fine. I've been thinking about the question that, uh, it's, does the end justify the means? And I think it plays in well with even, even what's going on in the Middle East right now. And I think it has implications for economic things as far, and, as, and as far as even the kingdom of God type of stuff. Been, I've been really thinking about it. I was, uh, I've had the privilege a couple times to, this is a little bit of a rabbit trail, but I'll try to keep it short. Um, I've had the privilege of listening to um, General uh, Jerry Boykin speak a couple of times. Okay. And he was a, I think a two-star, I don't, I don't remember what that's called, a brigadier general or a, uh, I don't know what don't the name know. of it is. There's names, but I think he was, I think, two-star general. And he was one of the very first members of Delta Force. So, like, our, our nation's two super, super, duper, top, most best secret military okay, so elite, elite guys. Okay. Yeah, big, big. <clears throat> anyway, I heard him speak a couple times, and, and he seemed like a really great Christian guy that comes at the world with a Christian perspective. And yet I know that being a member of Delta Force, at least I've heard, 
that one of the tests, the final test, is they have to read Machiavelli, the prince, and and assert his his have to agree with him that the end does justify the means. Because, I mean, these guys are going to get sent all over the world and do some crazy stuff. They have to believe that in the end, what, that what they're doing is going to produce a good result. Consequentialism, I think it's called. Yeah. So, like, I was thinking of all these lines, you know, all these lines in life where, where, uh, I don't know. How, so, the, so the question of, of that I'm, I'm posing is, how do you judge an act? Is it by the result of the act or is it the act in itself? Which is moral, the result or the act? <laughs> Heavy topics for, t- for today's show. Well, so, trying to give a short answer, you would... First of all, we're always limited by what we know. Sure. So that's just the nature of life and the nature of living and making mistakes or not making mistakes. We have to take what we know and, and judge. Now, sometimes if you're on post and a kid's walking toward a child is walking towards you with his hands behind his back, I don't think at that point, if it's a huge major conflict and you're on guard as a military person, I don't think at that point it's your job to choose if it's right to shoot that child. I don't think it's morally wrong to shoot that child. I think it's your job to say what morally even, not, not, I mean, not just, not just what your orders are, but morally you value life, you value on some level the mission that you're on, and if your mission is that that kid might have a bomb and he's walking towards you, you have to make that call. And I think the right call, the moral call, is to say the moral call of the mission. Whether you make a mistake or not, even if he doesn't have a bomb and you shoot him and it's an innocent life. So that doesn't mean it's not horrible if he doesn't have a bomb, but it means you're making the right decision. And that's a real tough call. I think it's way easier but still hard when you're in day-to-day life trying to decide, do I give this guy 20 bucks for food or do I say you know get off your ass mow my yard and I'll, I'll give you 10 bucks mm-hmm. or maybe I'll make you supper right you know uh, <laughs> I I also agree with what with I think something that you're saying it and I and I I started the question in the context of war mm-hmm. because it's I think easier for us to understand these questions in the context of war mm-hmm. but I think you're right when you say it's much harder to try to live out these this question in our day-to-day life because there is um, there's there are so many different lines especially when we want to um, offer something to people sometimes we have to well I'm not, I guess Eugene Peterson puts it this way Eugene Peterson who I have I have a ton of respect for as a pastor and as an author and as a teacher talks about how pastors need to have some element of, of subversion in their, in their ministry. He says Jesus was subversive in the sense that he would not, not purposefully trick people, but he would frame his stories and his teachings in such a way that they crept into people's minds rather, rather than going on the street and saying, I'm going to tell you about God. He would say, he would say, I'm going to tell you a story, a kingdom, about a kingdom. And the kingdom is like a vineyard. And this is what happened at the vineyard. And, and then he would let it lay. Mm-hmm. And then, as the way Peterson frames it, those people would walk away. And Jesus would have planted a sort of God time bomb in their minds where all of a sudden, later on in the day, or maybe as they were laying on their bed, they would say, Oh my word, he was talking about God. And all of a sudden, all this story sort of comes to life and they see the, the analogy... And so, like, as I, when I'm thinking about these types of things, I'm thinking how, you know, there's, there's this whole matrix, I guess, of decisions and directions and offerings. When we want to offer people a better life, a more connected life, a, a life connected with God and community and, in my case, the food that they eat and, and everything like that, it's like there, there seems like um, you're always evaluating the means that you're using to try to get to a certain end, and it's it's a it's a complicated question. And and just for the 
to give ourselves some padding or some grace today. Many, many philosophers have wrestled with this question. And most of the best ones say you can't really answer it completely. So yeah. <laughs> it's not fair for me to just throw it out there. But Yeah, so um, it's kind of, I think what you're saying is kind of like a, a comedian that once said he likes throwing out um, um, joke grenades. Yeah. Pull, pull the pin you throw it, but it takes a few seconds <laughs> before the audience laughs. So, yeah. so, so it's similar It's kind that. of like that, yeah. But I, but I want to mention that, uh, you know, there's anyone you're talking to, there, there's always... I One of my weaknesses is, one of my strengths is that I can sometimes dig into people, listen to what they're talking about, and understand their presuppositions. Because a lot of what I do is unpack my own assumptions, my own... Um, you know, preconceived notions and, and that. And sometimes I think in conversations with people, I can do that with them. The bad thing I do is, if I identify an assumption or a presupposition, I tend to just say, "Oh, bam!" <laughs> and I like I punch them right, right in the the gut of their presupposition. And I know that's that's a weakness. Punching them there is well, it d- depends on the person. It depends on if they know that they have that presupposition or not, too. Because if they're surprised by it, they probably initially resist it like crazy. Right. And that that's where that's where it's a, I believe it's a weakness for me. Sometimes I, I just I hit right at it too hard instead of having a conversation. Being more subversive. Being more being more Christ-like. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so yeah. So sometimes uh, that that's a challenge for me. And I and I would tell you on principle. That you, sh- you should always, you know, be relational, unpack things a little bit slower. And uh, I do think, though, I have, I have in a godly manner before hit somebody at their presupposition because it was needed. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are just certain, and I think you got to be careful. I think it's easy, I think it's better to falter on the relational side and to be, be more subversive. But sometimes people just need to be, bam, and they're like, whoa. Yeah, yeah, I get it. <laughs> well, certainly, if we're looking at Christ as the model, he certainly did that. There were times when he was just pretty, pretty up front. No need for subversion there, you know. Well, and I think this is a correct generalization of Jesus. I think he did that with the self-assured people who were in charge mm-hmm. uh, most of the time. He he would hit them harder, and I think. In my day-to-day life, I hit normal, everyday people too hard sometimes, according to my wife, anyway. Mm-hmm. She said that's a, that's a weakness I need, and so it's something I'm working on, trying to be nicer with that. And sometimes, though, it's just like, like I know you so well, and you know me so well, like, I'd, I'd almost expect you to like hit, hit, hit my presupposition <laughs> just directly sometimes. You know, go ahead, just you know, hammer me, challenge me, you know. But that's because we've known each other a long time. Well, you know, I think that um, we can get a little bit into, okay, I think this is still relevant to the conversation. I don't want to do too many twists and turns, but right. but we, I think that there's a trap laid for us there too. If we only think that Jesus did that with the with the people in authority and stuff, because I can think of, I mean, just off the top of my head, there's one that one uh, instance at least where he goes, Jesus goes to the guy. Was it the pool of Bethesda or something where the angels' wings stirred the water, and he asks the guy, "Do you want to get well?" Oh. And I mean, depending on how you how you hear that, how you hear him saying it, that's almost a direct challenge. It's almost like, dude, you're. What I hear is, dude, you're here. You're here, playing the victim, and you're you're just as proud as those Pharisees over there, or whatever. You know, you're. What do you? What is it? Do you really even want this? Do you want to be well? I think that's a jab. At least I think. Yeah, it could. It could be. I. I'm not sure that I thought about it that way, but it, but it might be because he definitely yeah because that was a, that was maybe not the the question that the guy would have expected. Um, but I I do want to I do want to suggest though that you can have a principle and make a mistake and, and I kind of said it earlier, but you have to be careful. You don't throw the principle out because it looks in practice that it was a mistake. Yeah. Um, and, and again, back to, back to the kid with the bomb. If he didn't have a bomb and he was approaching you and you shot him, it would be a horrible thing. But in the bigger context, you, I, I think at that moment you have to say, yeah, that's necessary. Now, again, it's in, in life it's, it's, you know, it's different. In war, in war it's different than in yeah. everyday life. 
Well, you know, just I think to be real and to be frank, I think we have to say, I think life is war. You know, I think that most people, especially like the believers that might listen to this or be having similar conversations, understand that we are fighting against, we are fighting a war against some, some pretty evil powers all the time. But I think that something, an illustration that you find in wars as far as the end and the means and what decision do I make, I think a lot of times we get put in, light, in, in situations in life, whether we're at war physically or not, to where there is not a per, there is not a perfect solution to this problem. No matter what, it's all it's all. There, plan A is out the window. Every decision is Plan B or C or D or E, and so I, so I think that I guess what I believe is that God has intention for us. So let's think of the soldier who has who has to make a decision and decides to shoot a kid because the kid. All the rules have been broken, and this is this is what he's supposed to do, so he does it. Now, even if the kid has a bomb, even if the kid doesn't have a bomb, the soldier is going to have nightmares about that for the rest of his life. I think life's a lot like that, where we get put in situations where it's impossible to do what I think is best. I have to do what I think is at closest to the best. Yeah. And, okay, so, and, and then we all wear either guilt or regret, we wear the consequences of those hard decisions for our whole life. And I think that that's not outside of, I think God has intention and purpose even in that. And I don't think we fully understand sometimes his grace for those things. I think we're supposed to feel, we're supposed to feel very careful about how we do things. And I think if we walk around being so sure of ourselves that we always do exactly what's perfect, well, that's not, that's not what he, how he wants us to walk through life. I think we... You know, the scriptures talk about working out our faith with fear and trembling. And I think that there's a big part of that that God built into our experience to make us rely on Him and rely on His grace and just be careful. Hope hope that makes sense. I think it does. I want to talk about lines. Saying maybe it's more about drawing lines than it is about whether the end justifies the means or vice versa. Yeah. But it's important to do it to a cigar update. Yeah. My I'm ash, I think too. yours dropped off too. Yeah, it's laying right there. Just a, what, an inch, inch and a half maybe? Yeah. Just a little over an inch somewhere. Um, and um, this is this is pleasant. It's 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 a little sweet. I, I like the overall taste. It's not near as earthy as, it wouldn't mm. be as earthy as a triple Maduro. I agree. But the taste is going way better than the Corojo that we had last week. It doesn't have quite as much as I want. I've, and I've been drawing a little bit harder. I don't know if mine's yeah. mine might be going a I tad faster than yours. I've been drawing a little bit harder okay. lately, and I think it seems to improve a little bit the taste. Yeah, it is. I'm getting a little <clears throat> a little more sweet and just a little more taste because it's. I would. I don't know if this should if this is considered a medium or a full, but it's it's probably riding it medium to low medium uh, as far as how much flavor's coming out of it. But if I draw harder, I'm getting more. So, any. I concur any with what you okay. said. Um, nice overall taste, so... It is mild. And yeah. I'm, and I kind of like to try to smell the foot smoke, too. It's kind of blowing your direction, so you're getting more of that than I am, but... Which might be might improve my flavor. Plenty oh. of sweet in that, too. And I uh, I did retrohale a bit, and there's a little bit of spice in the retrohale. I should I should do that. Just, yeah. yeah, just a light retrohale. Burns my nose a little bit, mm-hmm. but it's a... Even though the burn's there, and I don't like the burn, it's that helps the taste. There's more of a mm-hmm. kind of a nutty, a hint of sweeter baking. Sometimes sweet versus baking spice. It's hard to tell the difference, but we're somewhere yeah. in there. Mm-hmm. It does enhance the taste, though, for yeah. sure. Um, okay, so when you're, and I think, I think when you're talking principles. The the one the one thing to notice that where we're I think it's it's not necessarily common ground might not be the right thing, but I think when you when we talk about any any principle or value that we have, and someone else has a different one, they're drawing everyone's drawing a line somewhere, and I think that's important, and even even the soldier is gonna. If, if the kid's a hundred feet away, I don't know what the line is. He probably, and I'm not sure if they actually give them a line. But at some point, there's a line where he might 
try to yell in some mm-hmm. language that the kid would speak, you know, stop, pull your hands around front, whatever. But at some point, you have to say the possibilities of this going bad, that, that's the line. There's no, you can't cross that line. Once you cross it, it's too late. And you have to make that call. And I think the challenge, I think one of the things that makes the nightmares come either way is because you have to make that call. I mean, the soldier already has his orders, but he still has the ability to not follow the orders. So he has to say, bam, this is it, Mm -hmm. and and draw the line. And I think, and again, it's not wrong to draw that line if something horrible happens. It's right to draw that line where you need to draw the line, even if something horrible, um, or at least immediately horrible, Mm -hmm. happens. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so maybe that's almost, I don't know if it's more important, maybe that's more important than whether they unjustify us. So, so I agree with you, but I want you to translate that idea of lines okay. into an everyday situation that those of us who are not in combat mm. can, can understand. Gosh, I was trying to sound really smart. Now you're, now you're making it hard. <laughs> you know, it is hard. It is hard because, and, and this is, I think this is the hard part, is that we can read books or think ideas, and yeah. we put things in such a black and white context, they're very easy. But I think that the idea of there are lines is one that is really, re- it is being eradicated by parts of our culture where it's not okay to have lines. No boundaries. Boundaries are, are what the patriarchal dictatorship has put in place over whatever. And, and we really, <laughs> as humans, need to be f- totally free. No lines at all. And the soldier will tell you that if there are no lines at all, then... Get up and walk, get up, walk away from the there's post. No, yeah, yeah. There's, <laughs> there's meaninglessness. Yeah. And so, I, you know, I've been talking about this with some people for some time about the idea in these things in art. About how in art, when you're drawing a picture, just say a simple smiley face, okay, on a piece of white paper. It's the lines that give the smiley face its form. You draw the lines. These are the boundaries. They're pencil lines, but they're boundaries, and that's what gives the face its form. And we look at all things that we see around us, it's the boundaries of those things that give them the form that they take. And if you erase boundaries and you blur all the lines, what's left? Nothing. And I think that it's, I mean, that's where my mind goes. When you talk about lines, I'm like, yeah, lines are needed. Otherwise, we have no form. Well, and a lot of times people are might criticize your principle or your value when actually they're not. They're not criticizing your principle or your value. They're criticizing the line at which it took place. Okay. So the, the best example I can think of is being a property manager. Um, guy comes and looks at an apartment. Um, little, you know, and your, your, your job is to judge. Mm-hmm. You know, people don't like judging anybody, but my job, it's my property. Discern? Yeah, is it discern, discern a maybe safer that, maybe, that's, maybe that's a safer <laughs> term. But I have to decide if this person is going to cost me money or make me money. Right. And I'm, yeah, I'm drawing a line. I'm not willing to give you a free apartment so that my kids don't get food or, you know, don't get clothes. It's, that's my job as a parent to say, hey, are you going to be... A, and, and, and I'm not saying you're going to hell. I'm not saying you're a bad person. I'm just saying... And sometimes it's hard because I, oh, sure. I have some presuppositions that if he's, he was dressed sloppy, it's like... And I have to say, well, wait, just because he's dressed sloppy doesn't mean he's going to be a bad tenant. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, I don't care if his apartment's a little sloppy. I care if he pays me rent. On time, every time, keeps the apartment relatively clean and there aren't bugs, you know? Mm-hmm. I'll be good with that. So, a guy looks at the apartment, and I have to draw a line. I call his references, and one of his jobs that he no longer works at, the, the supervisor, I said, would you hire this person again? And he paused, and he said, I'd have to say I wouldn't. Um... And that was the make or break for that guy. Mm-hmm. Now, there were probably three or four things that weren't make or break issues, but if they hadn't been there, yeah. that wouldn't have been mm-hmm. a, a, a break for me. Right. But because because he was sloppy, because he, he hadn't had his job current job very long, 
and his previous employer said, no, I wouldn't, you know, I'm, so I'm like, I'm going to draw a line and I'm going to say, I'm not choosing to rent my property to that person. And I'm taking a chance. Mm-hmm. My property might be empty for three months and I may not make money to buy my girl's clothes. But I'm saying, nah, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. And somebody could unpack that and say, I'm a jerk, but on some level, at 52 years old, I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my property, my kids. Well, something you know? that makes it a little bit easier, maybe. And um, I think most of the people that are going to listen to this totally understand what we're talking about. But I think that there's another element that I've heard one of my mentors talk about was that life is less about lines and more about directions. Or maybe we could say the word trajectory. Okay. Okay, so if, if this same guy had... It seemed like from the circumstances of his life and the, and the relationships that you had access to, there was a trajectory to his life. He was headed in a certain direction that said that those, you know, he was headed toward inconsistency, he was headed toward unreliability, he was headed toward, whereas if a person was, if a person was a convicted felon and they were just out, mm-hmm. but they had glowing references and their people that had worked with them in jail had said, this is a stand-up guy, he's changed his life, he's headed in a good direction. You talked to his employer, his current employer, and he'd only been there for two weeks, but the guy said, this guy is amazing, he's the hardest working guy I've got, he's encouraging to the other fellow workers, he's, he's you know, he's tidy. <laughs> that's a different trajectory. Even worse circumstances, maybe, but a better trajectory. And I think that that's definitely goes into the equation. Um, when we're making determinations like that, well, and one of, one of the things that I that I've done, and this is, we want to stay on the end justifies the means. Thing I mean, a little bit, but I'm going to throw this out real quick. Lots of stuff here, because I have I've I ran into um, a, a couple. They they weren't married. Um, guy and a girl. Um, they didn't. They had. <laughs> Thank you for specifying. <laughs> they had. They had bad. <laughs> I'm just I'm just talking about reality. That's yeah, what they were, yep. best as I could tell. <laughs> best as you could tell. Um, they they had a bad rental reference and nothing before that. But they both um, had had jobs for almost a year, even though they had this bad rental reference. I think, and I I judged. I had to decide. It looked like it was a roommate that was causing the issues, not them. And I went to them and said. In most situations, I would just decline your rental application. I said, but you guys have had your jobs for almost a year, and it sounded like maybe you've been paying the rent and it's your roommate that hasn't. I said, I'm going to take a chance here, and I'm not going to take a complete chance, but I'm going to say if you want to rent from me and you want to pay me $35 more a month, I've made that figure up. I'm like, but for $35 extra a month, if you come in for six months, can you leave? And you're a horrible tenant. Well, I've made a little X. You know, maybe I can mm-hmm. bank that and make up the difference. And it was a great call. They were super tenants. I liked them. I think they were there more than two years. And they only moved because they were going to get married and buy a house. It's mm-hmm. like, great. that was the... And again, even if I made the wrong call mm-hmm. and they were horrible tenants, I still had to decide, I think maybe they are on the right trajectory. Mm-hmm. And, and I... And I didn't want to do it for zero yeah. cash in my pocket, but I thought they might they might take the lease if I just say, hey, yeah, and here's why. Well, yeah, and and here the ends and the means I think come into come back in because your your end is not just to make money. If I know you well enough, you also want to see people do well. I do, and I think that engaging a person like that is a good means to that end. To, to both of your ends is to making money and to helping people because you I mean even as you approach somebody like hey you know what I've I've watched you we've talked we've talked to your references and you gave him kind of an, a, an encouraging little bump in the right direction yeah. <laughs> you know I'm going to take a chance on you and they didn't have to take it they that, could have said no that rents too sure off. but yeah. you know like to hear somebody say I want to I'm going to take a chance on you that's encouraging to me and and I think it is to a lot of other people so I think that's a that I asked you to give me an example, but I think that's a perfect example of where we take all the all the factors in the equation and we try to do we try to create a means that's gonna positively get us where we want to go. You know, in in a holistic sense. That's a, that was a good one. 
and, and I, I, oh, I was, I was gonna say, what was it? Uh, I, I think cigar just went out, just cold. Yours did. Oh, and I was even smoking it too. I darn. Well, Ooh, that's okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> and and I did want to encourage you, but I, but I will say one thing. I did I did have someone give me some good advice years ago. I mean, I don't know how, how long I had this property, fifteen years or so. But I had somebody give me good advice once. They said. Your primary goal, they didn't use these words, but my primary goal is not to help people right. and to, to, to um, you're, you're, not a chari- you're not a charity operation. You want to make money. for. And so I know that's my primary goal, but if my primary goal and the secondary exactly. goal of, of encouraging can work together, right. that's better for everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, now they have a stellar rental reference from me. If they decide they can't buy a house, I'm going to be like, dude... They paid me rent on time yeah. every time. They were yeah. never late. You know, we had a good relationship, and that'll be good for them. Yeah. So I was happy when the two when when that worked out that way. So. Uh, so yeah. Well, you know, I I may have been too immature at some points to fully engage this concept, but I I know that some of these elements were in play when I was doing the bike shop up in Minneapolis. So we had a charity based bike shop. It was donation based because we were a nonprofit. And, but we did service, you know, so there were a lot of times when we'd have people come in who couldn't or wouldn't afford the things that they needed done. My goal as a shop, I mean, it was a ministry, yeah. but it was also to raise money for some projects we were doing in Rwanda and things. So, man, so, so the goals were sort of, man, I'm getting I'm blown up today. <laughs> um, so the, I'll just shut that off. The... Uh, The goals, the ends that I was aiming for were really intermingled in a complicated way at some times. Well, you just had a weird thing happen, too. I think it was the wind, but, mm-hmm. yeah, the ash kind of blew half off. That's, I've never had half ash. That's like, half seriously, ash. half of the cylinder blew off and the other half's held on. That's, That's the weirdest awesome. ash I've ever had. That is goofy. It's a straight so, line down the middle, too. I know. That was, that was really neat. The leaves, I bet the leaves are just kind of laying that way. Because we say that we're the, 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 the lowest produced... Podcast. I'm gonna. I don't know if I'm supposed to say pee on recording, but I have to go to the bathroom really bad. And I'm just gonna let's just take it with us. Let's just walk. No, we can walk. If that's all right. I'm just gonna leave. I'm gonna leave my other stuff here. I don't think I better steal it. So, um, but I can't wait. It's uh, I drank a lot of that tea when I was hanging out with Spencer, so uh, I think that sort of went through me. And uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll stop it when I. <laughs> When we, when we get there for, for just a minute or two, but um, but yeah, that was that was good that was good conversation. And I I like you know rethinking things, going back, you know, thinking is that a good call? And I have in the in the early years of being a landlord, I rented to somebody, and I probably I shouldn't like today <laughs> I wouldn't rent to that same ten, you know I mean if if I didn't know. But the same situation came up. I definitely would say no, because I made a mistake and it cost me a lot of money. And I wanted those people to succeed, and I took a chance. I actually got some community organizations involved to help them, mm-hmm. and they basically <laughs> screwed everybody over. You know, took the money sure. and ran. Sure. But you know, that's that's life sometimes. So. Yeah, I think that's. Uh... <clears throat> So a question I guess I would ask is, do you look back on that with regret, or or is it one of those sort of tuition moments where you say, well, that cost me, but I learned a lot? And... I, I mean, I think yeah, I think you have to say that. I mean, you you can't go back and you can't go back and change your decisions, you know, and, and live a different life. Yeah. So I think you have to say, yeah, it was a mistake, and learn from it, and not do it again. So, are you gonna when we get back, you're gonna relight? I am relit. You are relit. Okay, good. So you you got a good relight. So. Quick update before we get to the restroom. Um, it's still... I want more flavor, but I like the flavor I'm getting. It's good. It doesn't seem like it's quite as dry as the beginning, but it's still not as oily as I would like. Yeah. I will um, say that since the relight, I've got a little chocolate mm. happening. So. Well, in a minute, we'll come back. There we go. Did I go in the right one? Oh yeah, there's a urinal. <laughs> in fact, there's toilet paper. I think I might 
I might sit down for this job. Are you going to go to the bathroom or not? No, I'm good. <clears throat> That's right. a really loud machine over there. A little rumble. Uh, let's see. Do I push this? Are we now? Yeah, I think we're up and running again. You might want to check that in the editing process. I will. <laughs> I know I paused it. I just don't know if we're recording again, but I think we are. So, anyway. Well, that was, that was fun. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. we'll give a final update on the cigar in a few minutes. Ten or so. So, and justified the means, lines. We did, we did good on that. I, I think one thing that years ago, 
Um, it's, it's funny sometimes when you see something written down, how simple it is, and you realize I compli- you know, I realized I complicated things a lot. And this idea of making a decision to rent to that couple that was a mistake. Um, that sometimes you just have to make a decision, you know? Yeah. And particularly being in business, owning properties, I just have to make a call, right, right or wrong. And years ago, the president of Youth for Christ, when I was working with that organization, sent down something that I almost thought, like when I first glanced at it, I'm like, duh. It was one of those four-step things you just, you know, assess. Mm-hmm. Consider other, I don't know if this is actually what they four were, but something like assess the situation, consider other options, make a decision. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, what? And then I realized, you know, I don't, I don't actually do that, and I should. <laughs> but I, like I add two B, worry a lot, yeah. <laughs> take three days to to chew on what you know your decision should be, and worry about it, and don't actually make the decision. <laughs> and it's like, and I realized, you know, sometimes I have all the information. I'm not going to get any more information. I've got it. I just have to make the decision. Kind of, uh, we probably beat this to death, but um, it's kind of like the military or the the shooting thing again. Is if you train with with a target that stands still at fifty yards, but then you go into action and your target's at a hundred yards and it's moving. That's kind of like life. You can you can write down your rules, and that's like training at a target that's standing still. But when you when you get into real life, it's the, all the targets are always moving all the time, <laughs> and it's a little bit harder to. You need to know those fundamentals and have them down cold, I guess. Is well, and and I do think one thing about being human, regardless of where your principles are, it's maybe maybe it's good for you to say. Oh dang, is that really what I want to do? That's probably probably a good thing to do, mm-hmm. you know. Because, um, I mean, when you train and train and train, and in a war situation, you just have to make the call. It's done. Yeah. But I, I heard a guy say once, and I, whether I completely agree with this or not, there was he had a point, and I got his point. He said, one of the churches, one of the reasons that the church has a hard time moving forward and growing is because it cares for people. And, and I got his point, he's, and then after a long pause, he said, I think we still should care for people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, and, and, and that twists that idea, because sometimes you can easily talk about some say, well, the real way to care isn't to give them 20 bucks, it's to help them get a job. and get Well, yeah, but then that's the principle. But when you're in real life and you see somebody humanly hurting, Sometimes it's it's not just that it's easy to give them twenty bucks. Sometimes I could, maybe that is the right thing to do. And again, you just got to make the decision and, and make the call. Um, and you know, I don't I don't think that the couple that I helped, the rental couple I helped years ago, I don't think they got ahead because of, I don't think what I did helped them. It's impossible <clears throat> to know. It is really. I mean, they might hopefully. That will become part of their story later on where they look back and say, look at all the people that we took advantage of. I feel guilty about that. What am I going to do with this guilt? (laughs) And then maybe that will lead to some good things. And there's a difference between guilt and just genuine caring. Sure. And 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 the reason I mention it is because I had to define that. Mm -hmm. I I saw this guy that I rented to who he wasn't an MMA fighter, but he knew he could make 50, 75 bucks whatever it was, for fighting and losing. Mm-hmm. And so local, you know, real grassroots at the fairgrounds mm-hmm. fight. He went and he was fighting, and there's part of me that's like, man, it, on some level I can see he's trying. He made just too many other bad decisions in his life, and yeah. money was tight. And Wow. Um, but he, on some level I saw, that's that's got to be tough. I mean, he was a big guy, but he, he wasn't a good fighter, mostly, mostly kind of chubby. But he's like, this is what I can do. So he's out there fighting to yeah. make money to take care of his kids. So on some level, I'm like, man, that's that's effort. You're you're, you're trying. Yeah. And <clears throat> so I, I did. I was having compassion, but it's like, you know, the compassion. My compassionate response was not give you free rent for six months. <laughs> you can get back on your butt. I'm sorry. You know. Yeah. Well, we've uh, we've done a lot of talking here. Let's talk about this weekend. You excited to go camping? 
I am exciting to go camping. That's probably a good way to get a little good relaxing thing to, to talk about. I'm I'm a planner, so I wanna I wanna look at all the things that we need to get ready and make sure that we have things that'll make it easy to take a five year old, a two and a half year old, and a seven month old on a camping trip. Mm -hmm. And we're planning on coming home to sleep, which we might do, but Brian offered the big tent that we could sleep in and Is he gonna have the camper? He's going to be in the camper, oh, and he okay. said he has a big tent. They have a big tent. Yeah. He said, I'll it would, bring it. It would be comfortable yeah. for him. And I'd almost like to convince Tracy to maybe stay one night, but again, it's I'm going to let it be her call because she handles the baby most of the time, mm -hmm. so it's going to kind of be up up to that. <clears throat> we, we can go ahead and we can get the tent set up and have a nice place, and then when, when the campfire sing-along is over, it might seem awfully appealing just to go over to the tent rather than... Pack up the sleeping kids and head home. Yeah, it might. <laughs> that's my bias. I want you to stay. <laughs> I know, and and I'd like to. We'll um, see. You know, because because doggone it, might might pull out my pipe or pull out a cigar or something. Sure. Um, but yeah, and I'll I'll let I'll let her decide because sometimes it, just the drive home puts them to sleep. Sure. You know, and but we'll we'll see. I'm I'm excited about it. Hang out with people I like, people I'm getting to know better. Cool. Had a fun conversation with your brother-in-law the other day at church. That was cool. Just about kids and life and yeah. dealing with it. That was cool. Talk about moving targets. <laughs> Children are. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Marriage and kids both just change you for the better because I think they they just they point out so much in you that yeah. you can't see without marriage. Right. It's the ultimate discipleship school, but. Mm -hmm. But you have to be willing to let it change you and not just try to hold on to self because if you do that, then everybody's screwed, kind of. <laughs> kind of, you know what I mean? Mm. I know you know what I mean. I do know what you mean. Uh, My dad's still holding on to self, <laughs> if I may judge him, so. <laughs> it's hard. It is. It's hard. And I don't, I don't want to live my life to not be my dad. <laughs> right. But we all, yeah. we all look at our parents, no matter how awesome our parents were, we all, every single one of us, it's our job to look at how we were raised and to try to do better. Yeah. And I know parent. I know like parents, our parents' age, if they would hear that, they'd be like, oh, well, we did fine. No, everybody's job is to do better. They're, they wanted to do better than their parents, and we tried to do better than ours, and that's the way we're supposed to do it. Well, like, yeah, and I just, I hate when in culture today, it's like you, you can't, you can't make any statement about doing better than someone else without that someone else without yeah, someone else yeah. thinking you're putting them down, and that's that's not at all what you're doing. No. Whether they're good or bad, right. you want to do better. Yep. What they do is up to them. And uh, <clears throat> so, very good. Well, we should probably wrap up this episode, Doug. We've we been should. Are we for about an hour? And okay. Well, let's uh, let's talk about the cigar first, and then we'll do a wrap. Um, I got a, I got a, was getting just a hint of, of bitter. It was like a vegetal bitter, which isn't quite as bad. Ashy bitter is like bitter dark chocolate's really good. Vegetal bitters, okay. Kind of a greenish kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, Almost it, like it's a plant. Yeah. That's your smoking. Yeah. And it, and it, and that, some of that went away. Um, and some of the sweetness is backed down for me as I'm getting closer to the end. But I've also been talking and might have might have not been drawing as hard and when you get to the end you quit drawing hard because yeah. it gets hot this um i don't know I, since the relight i've i've still maintained kind of that sweetness just a hint of chocolate if i look for it cool and uh yeah i kind of like it when a cigar mellows out at the end and, instead of get funky yeah and uh, this, I'd have to say this is nowhere near the Criollos that I have, the three or four on my list that I really love. Mm -hmm. But this has been pleasant. It's just been overall good. Yep. Um, so that's the cigar. And um, you, aren't you the guy that usually does well, the wrap? Well, I just want to mention <clears throat> okay. that our offer still stands for the first listener who posts a comment of a legitimate question or, or a good comment. We'll send him a cigar. So look down below on the on a website down below the episode there'll be a comment section click comment and we'd love to hear from you so i guess with that we'll shut it down so thanks for listening and we'll talk to you later bye good job doug
I have it on my radar to talk to Glenda, who is still, I believe, connected with KBLE. Oh, yeah. Find I'm out. This off. I know. I'm, I'm not totally down to the nubs, but I might too. I'm. I feel like I'm. I feel like I've had my my pleasure. Yeah. I think that's a good way to judge. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I could get some more out of it, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna quit. I don't. I don't want to run the risk of it get tasting funky because it really was good right there. A little bit of a little bit of burn going back in there, a little further than I thought it was. Administrative organizational question for you. Mm-hmm. We were talking at our elders meeting last night. We've been okay, so we're. I was just one of the calls that I got just now was from Spawn and Rose Lumber. They're putting together plans for the edition, uh-huh. you know? and we're pretty solidified on what we want to do. And I'm pretty sure it's going to cost us somewhere in the neighborhood of $120,000 or so. Okay. Which we could afford to make a payment on that, but we're also wanting to raise some money. And we've got Ragbri coming up, and we've been kind of knocking our heads against the wall, figuring out how we can best best fundraise during Ragbri. Mm-hmm. And Valerie is heading up the New Sharon <coughs> organization for Ragbri because the Century Loop's going through New Sharon this year. So we've been trying to try and there's tons of red tape with Ragbri mm-hmm. and all kinds of crazy stuff. So I had an idea yesterday and I ran it past the elders yesterday and they got a really good response, but I want to hear what you have to think about it. Okay. We're thinking about <clears throat> nothing's in stone or there hasn't been action yet, but it's going to happen soon if it's going to happen. We're thinking of starting a crowdsource campaign. A what? A crowdsource campaign. Okay. Like a GoFundMe type of deal. Okay. <clears throat> Putting together a really good video. Like, a, okay, this is kills two birds with one stone. Okay. I'm trying to lay it out in a scattered, broken version that you know I do. Sure. <laughs> what we want to do is spend Which, some time. Scattered and broken. You're thinking about it. You're doing it. It's organization. <laughs> so go for it. You get to <laughs> see the, all the way underneath the end. But, yeah. Um, okay, so we're going to really shore up all of our social media, our media. We're going to 